Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live. It's game day. Yes. 1st of February, Wednesday. Celtic play Livingston tonight. We'll get to that. I'm Tony Haggerty at a Haggerty 10 Twitter handle, which you all know off by heart by now. And I'm joined today by just one person, and that's Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW Twitter handle. Young Eden's on some kind of back shift, isn't he? He's backshaft, right? Uh, yes, backshaft, indeed. Yes, yeah, long life to do. So, if you're watching Eden, hello. If you're in your bed, enjoy your sleep. There you go. Uh, but, to be fair to him, Tony, he had a late night last night. Um, he, 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 was on the, he was on the backshaft again for the transfer deadline day, even though we'll come to the fact that it wasn't particularly busy for Celtic <laughs> anyway. So, and I think he would have, uh, he would, he would have been thankful for small mercies on that one that he wasn't nah. too, too uh, busy. Uh, in both ways, but there you go. Now, I'll direct you to the bottom of the screen. And a new deal today, Sean. New month, so subscribe to the Celtic Way website. It'll cost you £2 for two months. You can help us continue to produce top-quality Celtic content covering a club like no other. Celtic, as you know, you can join us, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. So that's two months, sorry, £2 for two months for access to everything that we do and right on the website, Sean, another good deal there. Aye, it is. Aye, it's, it's, it's quite sad that the Frankie deal's ended because <laughs> uh, I quite enjoyed that. I quite enjoyed that one, and it did really well. And I mean, you'll all get if you, if you if you did subscribe in time, you'll get your Callum McGregor print. I think the next couple of weeks they're getting sent out mid February yeah. is the aim for that. Um, so I well look out for them if you subscribe, and we thank you for that, and we also thank our sponsors. Seneca Medical Group and the Celtic Way Morning Briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group and Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments and you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the description of this video. Now you alluded to it there Sean, it's a quiet transfer window for Celtic. Josip Juranovic left the building, Georges Giacomakis is still in the throes of leaving the building, but that should go through. Moritz Jens left the building, and Oliver Abelgaard also mm. was moved on. He signed for Elash Verona last night, and obviously Celtic brought in Alistair Johnston, Tomoki Iwata, Yoki Kobayashi, and Ohyungyu. So, all good, Sean. Uh, they got a couple of players out that they wanted to, Surprised that any more didn't move on? I, given that you were going to the last day and you're talking up to about five or six could potentially have gone, it maybe, was, yeah. it maybe wasn't surprising that, that more didn't. But overall, in, in, in terms of the window as a, as a whole, then, then I, I think I was kind of hoping that maybe a couple more would, would move on. I mean, that given the there's still windows open worldwide, that's why the Jackie yes. Marcus thing's no, there's no real rush for that. If it's Atlanta United, a or a rabbit, it's obviously understood to be Atlanta. Then, then that can that can get done over the next few days without any real emergency, without any mere, uh, real alert. So, the other ones, I suppose, James McCarthy, Yusuke Yaguchi, you know, players like that. I thought might Stephen Welsh was apparently the subject, or reportedly the subject of a couple of bids. Um, he's staying put by the looks of it, uh, unless of course it's an American team or or, or out with the, the the deadline day over here, but. I think maybe surprising that more didn't move overall, 
But in the context of it being the last day, we were sitting yesterday talking about five or six names. It's yeah. maybe not surprising it, it, it wasn't as many as that. And uh, as you said there, Jack and Marcus, he can conclude that deal. I think if you signal your intention to conclude a deal on their transfer window, still open, I believe the MLS, isn't it? For a oh, that's still open either. That's fine. I believe, yeah. Aye. Aye, so that, fine. that should go through, shouldn't it? Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Happy with the business done, Sean? Yes, aye, I, I am. I think um, I've, I've written a piece on it that's on the website. I'll you put have, that link in just now. And it's basically in. saying, like, I saw comments from uh, actually <laughs> Crystal Palace chairman Steve Parrish that, that said, Yeah, the two, the two kind of most treacherous times to get the right deals done, in his opinion, um, and a lot of people agree with this, is mid season, so a January transfer window, and after a World Cup, which for the first time both of those collided. At the one time yeah. this year, so you were getting a January transfer window right after a World Cup, which isn't obviously usually the case. So both of those treachery kind of both both of those treacherous things collided, and I genuinely think that Celtic, if they went into that kind of say post World Cup mid season bubble, in the way that they maybe have approached previous windows in January, then I think they could have been tripped up and caught cold. But the fact that they've gone in with a cogent, coherent plan for the way that they want to do these windows to the extent that it's almost a misnomer to call it a January transfer window because two years in a row they've had people in before it's even January Um, I think that speaks volumes to the way that the club's been trying to operate in that that framework now in terms of transfers and for me the the way to sum it up I suppose is Brian Roberts right at the start earlier on morning guys, great not having to wait till midnight for incoming players because everything was done yeah, Ange Postecoglou had the benefit of sitting there at his pre-match press conference at the back of two, at the back of one, and saying, "Nah, there's there's no more coming in. It's it's done. We've already done what we wanted to do this window." He was in fine form, the manager yesterday, was he not, Sean? Talking about various things, but he was uh, pains to stress that he's been constantly backed by the club. Yeah, and talking about budgets, he came away with that wonderful comment about the budget and, and Celtic being the biggest club and all that kind of stuff and. The fans seem to like that, but he he was fairly relaxed about everything yesterday, wasn't he? And he, he said that was the point of doing their business early. And uh, he was even asked about specific individual players leaving and came away with the mastermind quote as well. And sort of, uh, he was just he, he was in a playful mood, I thought, yesterday. He was, he was good value. Not that he, he's never good value, but I just thought he was tremendous value yesterday because he just seemed to be a man happy and content with what's happened in January and just looking forward now to the, the business end of the season, the, the, the part where he wants his team to get stronger and better and improve on last season. I think so. I, I think you, you could um, you could sense it in him. I think that, yeah. that he's really, really quite happy with the business done. And I know he'd probably resigned himself already that either one or both of Juranovic and Yakimakis would go. Yeah. Alistair Johnston was in the door um, before January. Uh, Oh, all right, took a wee bit longer, but he got his man and it was still a week to spare. So realistically, what, what more do you want? Like, there was no, there was, there was even a couple of extra players on top of that left-footed, left-sided centre-back, Yuki Kobayashi, uh, for instance, I think was a bonus. I think that was a yes. real a real coup to, to, kind of, to get someone in for that position specifically. And all right, it meant Maritz Jens' loan was cut short, but again, that was a suck it and see nature. You, you, you'd done all right. But he was the odd one out. He was the one on loan. Um, 
So, yeah, I think uh, Tomoki Wata on top of that, J1 League MVP on loan with an obligation to buy, and reportedly it's about $1 million for an MVP. I think that's great business as well. So, as much as I'm saying, and I agree with the Steve Parrish thing uh, in terms of it's very easy to get sucked into a mid-season bubble, very easy to get sucked into a post-World Cup bubble. But to me, that just speaks even more to the fact that Celtic actively know what they're doing now when they get into these transfer windows. It's not, It's not. let's just see what happens. Let's see who we got offered. Let's see what comes up. Let's see who played well for the last month in Qatar, that kind of thing. If anything, they've taken advantage of that. I've said it before, Sean, and I, and I even said it to Ange Postacoglu when I was standing next to him in Australia when we were talking to him at one point. It's just great to see Celtic acting like a big club mm-hmm. and conducting their business transfers and otherwise on and off the field the way a big club can. And I know there's financial parameters for Andy and I get all that, but Celtic are still acting like a big club and doing what they can do to the best of their ability, but they're doing it right. And they're doing it well. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I'm going to ask you, are you claiming it as a win? Gary McDowell says, Yakimak is still at the club after the 31st of January, Tony, so you were right, technically. I don't know if I can claim that. <laughs> I, I, I think that's stretching it. But uh, yeah, I I, uh, I, I did nail my calls to the and say I wanted him to stay. But if Gary's going to give me an assist on that or a win on that, then I'm happy with that. Uh, others probably wouldn't, but... Yeah, I mean, technically he's still here, but he, he is for the off, isn't he? So. Um, who cares coming in, Tony, saying, are Celtic stronger after the transfer window? Now, that's always the key question when you come yeah. to looking at, looking at the uh, the transfer window. The reason I've not posted my depth chart on Twitter, by the way, is because I want to wait until Yakimakis is actually away, so I can just say this is a, the squad depth for the rest of the season, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I, there is a squad depth chart, or there's two squad depth chart actually, in that piece that I posted. Um the thing, the, the, the question of whether they're stronger, right? To me, it depends, I suppose, how quickly the new signings settle because they've, especially a couple of them, have act, actually replaced people that played. Um, so there's that perspective, but just objectively, or as, as objectively as possible, Tony, you've essentially, <clears throat> pardon me, you've essentially swapped Yakimakis, Juranovic, and Jens for Alistair Johnston. O, Iwata, Kobayashi, and then you've removed Oliver Abelgard as well. So, to me, that's at the very least, that's staying with the same level of quality, but given that the ages of these replacements are actually younger, and therefore, as I've yep. said, I always say, the potential is arguably better than what a player actually is when they come at 28, that kind of thing, then I, I could make the case, yeah, that they have strengthened, but a lot of that will be down to how well O and Alistair Johnston in particular do, given that they've actively replaced players that were playing. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I, I still think, I think Celtic are stronger after this transfer window and that's what the manager wants. And he said that he got in, I think, all of his targets, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he said I just he, noticed, Tony, I could have just put up this comment. <laughs> Steve McGrory says exactly what I just said there. I never noticed until I'd said <clears> it. But uh, yeah. Steve says, as Anne says, the proof of the pudding will be how the new boys perform, particularly Johnston and O as they're replacing Juranovic and Yakimakis. That said, Steve thinks it has been a good window, and I, I think we both agree. Yeah, totally. It's been a, it's been another terrific window, and it just shows you the importance of getting your business done early. So there isn't that scrambling about. And Anne said you, you kind of plan ahead for that. And he, I guess he knew that Juranovic and Yakimakis were for the off, and he, 
he sorted out very early, didn't he? So yeah. it's uh, and again, I go back to that. So I'm talking about acting like a big club. Yeah, I agree with Chelsea. Andrew Brown, he's interview yesterday, but no, not scrambling about the uh, comment earlier about the no. I think it was Brian saying not waiting till midnight and all that. Celtic, you know, of the past would be doing that. Would have been scrambling to get a striker in or, or a defender having let somebody important go. Just that's just not been the case since Ange Postecoglou has come in. And as I say, he was at pains to say that he's been supported all the way by the board and yeah. Michael Nicholson. So you have to big up them as well for uh, working in tandem with the manager. And that's all you can ask for. From a Celtic side, Sean, you work within your financial parameters, but you get the best out there. And Ange Postecoglou was making use of his extensive knowledge of players in the Asian market, and they're bringing in bringing in very good players to the club. Yeah, Derek Crawford. It's just great we're not chasing replacement at the eleventh hour. Exactly. I mean, how many transfer windows have Celtic done did exactly that in the past, and you know, left sweating yeah. a vital player going out the door. So. I'm just delighted the way the club are conducting their, their transfer business and just the way the manager's conducting themselves and the way the board are helping the manager right now. Just that old phrase, isn't it? Everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. But I've said it before, it's when it's working in unison, it's a very powerful thing. Yep. Um, getting back to your point about the previous windows and stuff, I referenced a few in, um, in, yeah. in that piece. Uh, 2021, I think, sticks in, sticks in the mind, sticks in the craw. For a lot of people, in terms of the, obviously John Joe Kenny, who I actually thought started all right, um, but the way that they ended that season, I think, in microcosm showed you a, you know, a structural issue, and that was that they started they ended that season with three low knees in their regular back four, which is just yeah. a, an unsustainable kind of way to run it. Um, whether I referenced the, do you remember Andrew Goodman and Manny Perez that window a couple of years prior? Yeah. Um, I mean, fact. You all have examples that you can point to, January windows, whether it's summer windows, January windows. I was talking about January windows in the piece. Um, specifically, the one I remember and I've mentioned on here is the Stephen Fletcher non-window where it didn't come uh, yeah. back in January 2009. That's always one that st- sticks in my head. Um, but I do point out that it is kind of unfair as well because in January, the club's made some massive signings. Uh, oh, yeah. Tangibly affected the, the, kinda, the path that the club's been on over the past couple of decades. I named a couple, Tony. You, you'll probably be able to guess them if you've not. I don't know if you've read it already, but Chris Commons, yep. Kel Lustig, Barry Robson, that's my, arguably my favourite. Um, Lee Griffiths as well. He was a January signing. There are plenty of examples of January window signings working out, but it's still, I think, the last two January windows have been just that wee bit different, just in the way that they've gone about it. The, again, the fact that some of them weren't even signed in January, they were signed in December, they were in the door, they were ready to go. Um, I just think the last two have been a wee bit different, Tony, and I think it's great to see that, given, as I say, the context of this being a historically dangerous time after a World Cup and a January window. You you mentioned the phrase there, that they were oven-ready players, Sean, (laughs) for January, both windows, you know, ready to go straight into the first team, and I think that's what the manager planned for, and Obviously, Celtic have reaped the rewards of that. Now, Sean, a game of association. Football has been played tonight. Yep. And we did what we always do, the three of us, myself, yourself and Aidan, and we put in our predicted 11s. 
and you're going to flash them up on the screen and everybody's going to shout and scream and throw things at their screen and say, no, you're wrong, and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, uh, there we go. We'll, we'll do the predictor all the time, guys. Throw your own comment section. Yeah, if you want to go with mine first, first, that's fine. There you go. We both agreed, didn't we, that might see Kobayashi and Carter Vickers together? Well, I, I've I've gone with that because I want to see them together yeah, more than I yeah. necessarily think that he will. I think he might go Starfield, but I, um, I've gone Kobayashi as well. You'll see in a minute. Yeah. But it's it's going for Tony six clean sheets in seven matches. This would be. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of made my point in the, in the article that I've put there. We've um, and I've linked to there. We've obviously gave our actual explanations. But for me, you don't really necessarily think you need to rotate at the back since you're keeping clean sheets. But my point is that he's already been rotating in amongst the five clean sheets yeah. now, whether it was through injury or, or selection or trying to get Kobayashi a game, whatever. So he's already done it. So that for that reason alone, I can't necessarily say, oh, he'll not, he'll not change it. So I've, I've taken the punt with Kobayashi as well, will you? I, I, I'm like you. I just think a lot of Celtic fans are curious to see the two of them together as well. And it ain't necessarily broken. It doesn't need fixed, but maybe a wee tweak here and there, a wee tinker, as they say. And I've gone the same, uh, Kobayashi and Carter Vickers. Well, midfield, I've just thought that uh, you know, I, I just think he wants to, uh, yeah, Jason Lee, love to see Turnbull start. I don't know, there's just something in my head that thinks he maybe wants to give Turnbull more game time. And I just think this is a game suited to him. And uh, I've rotated Hitati. Lots of people might say, oh, why, why he's rotating Hitati? And no other reason, just squad rotation and just to fit Turnbull in. Because I, I genuinely think he wants Turnbull up to speed as quickly as possible. Can't see him drop Starfelt after Andy's praise of him. I can you see him drop Starfelt. I can go the other way and see. I can nah, see, see. The thing is, I'm I'm like JJ. Like I'd already like we'd already picked this. It was a newsletter yeah. last night, so uh, I don't know what I'm going to change it between the newsletter and the the article on the website. But when I read everything he said about Starfelt, I was kind of like, he's not he's not going to rotate him out now. But uh, but I don't. I've 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 went with Kobayashi, so we'll see. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, well, you're saying about Hatati, um, Tony. It would be his, <coughs> pardon me. It would be his seventeenth successive Premiership start yes. if, he, if he is picked from the start again. Uh, unlikely, a lot of players get that length of of kind of run under his post to his rotation policy. I think that speaks to the trust he's got in Hatati, doesn't it? When yes, you get yes, Turnbull yes. sitting there wanting a game. And that, that's another reason why I, I, I've thrown him in now. I'm I'm not perturbed either way. If he plays Satati, so be it. Uh Chill Pill says he might rest Satati. Well that that was just my thoughts. I I you know, we try and second guess the manager if she say it's a pointless task, but we enjoy mm. doing it, don't we, Sean? I love it. Doing it I absolutely love it. Love and, uh, Yeah, and we we have we have fun with it and that's what it's all about. It's a it's a bit of fun as well. As I say, throw your own team in there. Tomoki Rio and Cal Max's Derek Crawford. Well, there you go. He might well bring in the water. I'm going to put my team up just now. On, and I'm going to say, because I've also not picked Haksabanovic and Charlie McGarvey says, is Haksabanovic too good to hang around with a little prospect of first-team football? I think, given he's had injuries and stuff, I don't think it's quite at that level yet. Because I do think when he is fit and firing and when he gets a run of games, which I do think he will get, um, I think they all... At some stage, get runs of games and rotations just a part and parcel of what they need to deal with. I think he'll make a serious case that he should be in. Um, yeah. But 
right now, I don't think it's at that level, given he's just coming back from an injury again the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think Haxabanovic will be eased in uh, over, the next, over the course of the next few weeks. He's got too much to offer, Sean, and Celtic fans do want to see more of him when he was just hitting a wee bit of form when he got his uh, injury. Mm-hmm. And I think like everything else, it's uh, it's a slow process with these guys coming back, but Haxabanovic will make his mark and, uh, and it'll be sooner rather than later, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve McGrory coming in just picked me up on the successor starts Premiership only is is what I say to Steve it's um, Morton unfortunately Morton are not in the, in the top flight <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah. I, uh, I mean I've got the same front three as you we both think Maida will come back in um, after a, a wee spell on the uh, on the bench despite his, despite his woeful miss on <laughs> Sunday at Tanadice Maida will, I think you've got the nod over a bad at I uh, think that Abada, you know, Abada was handed that start on Sunday and he was largely anonymous uh, for, you know, large spells in the game. And I want more from Abada in these kind of games. I don't think it's too much to ask. And mm. you look at Jota, Jota was bang at it from the start. Abada just seemed a bit sluggish to me. And, you know, so I I, I think when Maida came on, at least he offered something he was getting in there and. I've, I've been loving the way Maida's been playing. I think he's been very unfortunate to be irritated, but again, it's just the nature of what the manager does, isn't it, to keep everybody on their toes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think it's part of the it. strength that's there. That you know yeah. if you have that kind of wee dip, yeah. however momentary, <laughs> it, might, yeah. um, it might lead to you not getting a start in the next game. So, But yeah, I've, my youth front three and my front three are the front three I would start with tonight because I think they could be quite potent. And I think they are the ones that could uh, get in behind the Livingston defence and, you know, get the goals. Kyogo trying for his 21st goal of the season, Sean. Yeah. Uh, Do you think there's any chance that Bo gets a start now? Listen, I I wouldn't rule it out because it's Sanj Postacoglu, isn't it? And you know what he's (laughs) like. But uh, I just, I think he'll get half an hour though, Sean. I think he might be hopeful that the game will be put to bed by the hour mark. And if so, I think he would give him half an hour rather than like the eight minutes or eight to thirteen minutes, including the time that he got on Sunday at Tannadice. But I think he, I think his plan tonight will be to give O half an hour because he has talked up the fact that O's ready to go mm-hmm. and can contribute right away. So I, I I think he's thinking would be to give him at least half an hour tonight. Uh, David Fletcher coming in saying he wants O to start purely for the sub editor quips as a former sub editor myself. That's I mean that's he's a He's a gimme, Tony, isn't he? Oh, and, uh, yeah, see, if he yeah. see if he comes on against Livingston and scores right away. Picture of him celebrating. Oh, what a night. Easy. Oh, what a night. Exactly. Correct. Oh, what a night. It's all there, isn't it? Indeed. Yep. Uh, uh, well, we've got Aiden's team here and he's not here to defend himself, Tony, but so we'll he's, just went with he's went with Starfield and really there's nothing controversial about the rest of his, his team. I don't think we can, no. we can give him too much jip for it, but... No, he's uh, yeah, he's favoured Starfield uh, mm-hmm. alongside Carter Vickers, Kobayashi on the bench. Uh, same midfield as yourself, Sean, isn't it? And the same mm-hmm. front three as yep. ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. fair enough. Turnbull being the one difference there from my team. Uh, from team. Yeah, I mean, that's, again, going back to the strength and depth, that's a very strong team, isn't it? Yep, I. I mean, there's a couple of comments uh, as there always is about the, what, what flank Jota should be on. John McGlinch is saying Jota on the left always. Uh, I mean, either or, 
both have played on the right, both have played on the left. They'll, they'll switch. The only one that really doesn't switch that much is Abada. Yeah. Um, but they've certainly both, Maida and Jota, have, have played more on the left than they have on the right. But they've both played on the right as well. So you can yeah. you can interchange them as you as you kind of want. Um, well, I'll say is I'll go back, back to this again. Yeah. Alan Morrison uh, yeah. back earlier in the season when it was a genuine kind of debate: like, what wing should they play on? Um, Alan did a statistical deep dive into well, Jota right or left, and the kind of conclusion with that was one: it doesn't really matter because he's going to play to a high level regardless. But two, the the only real difference was whether you want him as Jota the scorer or Jota the creator because he creates more for his teammates yeah. from the right. He scores more from the left. Ultimately, I don't care really which wing he's on as long as he's on. But um, yeah, he's got seventeen goals and seventeen assists, John and uh, Sean and. Uh, I uh, his interview yesterday just watched him as a man happy at his work. He was sitting yep. there laughing and smiling away, and uh, Will McMillan, Aidan's probably nailed it. We'll find out in the fullness of time. Will uh, and he was asked all sorts of things yesterday, and he was carrying on with the, the journalist, which I love to see. He was asked at one point, uh, he was part of the old guard, and he just <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not part of the old guard. And then he was asked about his rear-headed goal. He played homage to Callum McGregor actually when he was asked about being one of the old guard and then he was asked about his headed goal and he, he admitted he was hopeless at headers. <laughs> he was surprised he scored a header but he enjoyed it and he was happy with it but yeah and I think happy player just transmits on the field doesn't it that he's expressing himself and mm-hmm. he's given that freedom to express himself and when Jota performs Celtic perform don't they? Aye. Uh, he's full of personality, Tony, whether it's in the, the, the press conference or on the pitch. That's yeah. what I would say. He's full of personality. And uh, Jason Lee saying he's looked lively of late. Hope he starts. Wombat saying he's, he agrees. Josh is in a good place at the yeah. minute. I've, I've put in a link to... Uh, it, was on, it was on the... On the website yesterday, Stuart Ross broke down Jota's performance yes. against Dundee United in the context of it looks like he's getting back to that level uh, that we all, we all know, we all love. Um, and you said that I called it a double-double last year because of the NBA tendencies that I've got still sometimes, but he's on, he's going to get that again this year. Double figures for goals, double figures for assists. And when you look at the, the kind of style of football that he plays, how much of an entertainer he is, for him to have that consistent end product, both assistant and scoring, that's just that's why he's, he's kind of probably the most feared guy in Scottish football because he'll beat you and he can beat you again three or four times, but he will probably score at the end of it or set someone up yeah. as well. Um, there's plenty of wingers flat to deceive in that sense, and but he just does not. And this season, he's produced some iconic moments. I mean, that header at Tannerice was sensational. Mm-hmm. How he got it in from that angle, obviously, mm-hmm. goal against Rangers, that iconic Jimmy Johnston celebration as well. You know, yeah, he's getting his sparkle back. And you know, when, when as I say, when Jota functions, Celtic, Celtic are a, a powerful attacking weapon, and not a lot of teams can keep them at bay. And it's good yeah. to see, especially in the in the lead up to what we know is coming at near the end of this month, sure. Aye, I mean it's um, in terms of tonight. After his performance against Dundee United, I just I don't think I don't think he drops out. So then, it, for me, it became a question of does Abada keep his place? Because I really think that Maida is going to come back in. Yeah. So my, I mean, Abada's been dropped after coming on and playing. Uh, Cool. Abada's been dropped after getting man of the match and stuff before. I yeah. say dropped, rotated. Maybe harsh to say the word dropped, do you know what I mean? But 
Um, so it's not with the realms of possibility, even if he'd had a really good game <clears throat> against Dundee United, that he'd have dropped out anyway. It wasn't, it wasn't his sparkling best. <clears throat> Pardon me. So I'm getting the answer to Koglikov, I think. Um, <laughs> so for me, it's natural that someone else comes in. Could be Haxabanovic because he has due a wee, a wee start, yeah. probably. I just feel Maida, given how well he was playing and, and it, it was on the bench at the last game, so I think I think it's probably him. And obviously you and Aidan must agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all predicted the same front three, so that tells you something, doesn't it? Tells, and, tells yeah. me it'll be Abada, Forrest and O up front, that's what it tells me. Haxabanovic and... Uh, nah. Again, Sean, I, I always say it, you know, you, you can make changes and you can rotate, but you've got to still be clinical and professional and do the job. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what, and you are now ticking them off uh, like Skittles. Got the solar panel to hammer it on my and my either. You know, and I, Celtic have to be clinical and professional because you are on the countdown now with X amount of games to go. So, Derek Crawford said it won't happen. Sean, we'd love to see Kyogo no play in a two up front. Don't think that will happen yet. Not rolling it out before the end of the season, no, Sean? No, I mean, he's, I've said before that the 4-3-3 is what he uses, but he's not always used that. Yeah. Uh, he has used different systems at, at different times in his career. He's, he's obviously used the 4-3-3 for the last few, but depending on personnel, it was basically, to me, I might be totally misunderstanding him, but reading his, his book, reading interviews, reading things from before Celtic and that and that Celtic, it's never necessarily the the formation that he's been married to, it's the style of play. So yes. as long as they're playing the high intensity attacking style that he likes teams to play, then there's no like onus on him to always play a four three three. Now in Scottish football I suspect it probably will be a four three three most of the time. And as we spoke about on here when you see the pass networks and stuff Joe Hart and then one of the centre backs, sometimes both, are the only players that spend most of a most of a game in the Celtic half. The rest are all to varying degrees in the opposition half. So almost isn't that much of an issue uh, in, in Scottish football. In Europe though, we've spoke about potentially playing a four two three one. I mean it's strictly speaking, he could go three at the back. Um, yeah. whether he does or not, I don't know. But the signing of Iwata means to me it, it is more likely that he maybe tries uh, two pivots and as I've said when one of your pivots is Callum McGregor it's hardly defensive do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah very much so very much so well, we'll one thing what... sorry Tony I've got one for you here it's one. just a random question but Katrina comes in saying is Jota going to get the number 7 and I've actually wondered this myself I love my squad number stuff and um, Yakimakis obviously did well maybe not a traditionally like, technic- technical number 7 but scored yeah. goals wearing a number 7 um, Jota's number 17 do you think he might might be asked to for a wee change in the summer he might I, I would uh, I would certainly offer it to him if he wants it but you know in kind of Portuguese style CR7 and all that you know what I mean so <laughs> that kind of stuff and yeah uh, but yeah I mean uh, it's, uh, it's something it's a question that might be asked of him if he wants it I know he's number 17 at the minute, he might want the number seven. You know, Celtic have traditionally had wonderful number sevens. They'd be following a, a line of tradition, wouldn't they? Maybe there's room for a summer signing for that number seven shirts is Maybe indeed. 
Seven's a wingers number. Andrew Gilliard should have just let myself probably like yourself, Sean. I've always associated seven with a, a wingers number. Yep, specifically a right winger for some reason, but um, yeah. I probably cause a. It's a good question, but... actually. It's uh, yeah. just hoping he gets it. Then I, I would like him to get it if he wants it. If there's mm-hmm. some superstition behind the seventeen and he he wants to keep that, then so be it. No, no, I, I, that's, that's fair enough if he wants to keep it. But I think he. He, he deserves a right ideal. for first refusal on it, doesn't he? Let's put it I that think way. so, I, I think so. Our first dibs or whatever you want to call it. Whatever he, you... seems, he seems an ideal fit for a Celtic number yeah, seven. For he me. does indeed. Um, indeed. But, um, I, don't, I, I, don't, I suppose we've got on to Livy. We need to mention David Martindale's comments about um, points per pound, which he says you all talk about. I, I've not really seen anybody talk about it. But no. I have had uh, James Daly on. He's doing a column on that. That concept for us, uh, uh-huh. just, to, just to explore the the veracity yeah. of uh, David Martindale's claim about points per pound. So look out for that over the next day or two. Um, I did like Angie's response that uh, about the budget thing, and he said, "Well, he tells yeah. you that every week, doesn't he?" Uh, did like that. But to be fair, Angie also said he was doing a wonderful job, and he is doing a remarkable job, David Martindale. Um, he clearly has abilities as a football manager, Sean, and you know we. You know, you talk about, you know, managers and personalities and stuff, say, oh, there's no enough personalities. And then when a manager like Martindale speaks, they say, oh, sh- shut up. You know what I mean? So, well, where's the happy medium there, Sean? The guy speaking his mind and he defends his players, back his players, back his club. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, so I like Martindale. I think he's a very good manager. I think when he talks, he, you know, he talks very, very well. And, uh, I don't care about what club he might support. He's a manager of Livingston Football Club. You no, know, you and I support the football club. So, what difference does it make? You know. So, I uh, and I like his thoughts on football, and I think he's uh, he, he's got a personality. Let's put it that way, and he knows that his team have to play in a certain style. And like Ange Postecoglou said before, his team play a certain style, but they're good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you watch the RB get football stopped and all that, what's he meant to do? Open up and get caned five or six nothing every other game. Now Livingston are typically a hard team to break down. They play a tight defensive game and try and hit you with a sucker punch. I, I, I I've got no problem with that because I think those guys that play for that team do it and do it well, and they're a fit, fit team, and they can run around all day and match you fitness wise. So you have to come up. With a system to beat that, and Celtic have struggled against them sometimes. Do you know? And I, I referenced this, and I, I feel as if I keep going back to this Aberdeen performance. But um, I referenced this when I spoke to you about the way that Aberdeen set up. Yeah. The first game back, which, by the way, I've said to you plenty of times, Tony. I think that that is that was the beginning of the end for Jim Goodwin. Well, that was when Goodwin's done um, for you. Partly, the reason I was kind of going on about it was one because I loved up there and I know the fan base and. They're a proud fan base. They wouldn't have been happy with that at Pataudry. But more than anything else, it was kind of tying into Ange Postacoglu's comments about Celtic's attitude in Europe, which was he doesn't want to ask them to play a certain way 99% of the time. And then the 1% that he says, oh, you're not good enough to play that style I've been telling you to play against this team. So we're just going to sit back, which is essentially what Jim Goodwin did against Celtic at Pataudry because Aberdeen were doing well at Pataudry. They were doing well attacking-wise. And then, and then he just says to them, like, you're, you're basically not good enough to do it against Celtic, so we're not even going to try it. Now, 
the distinction I would draw with David Martindale, similar to yourself, is he's not making any bones about the style that they play. No. They play that against everybody. Yeah. Um, they, they pretty much stick to what they are, uh, whereas the Aberdeen thing was, this is what we are, except if we play Celtic, but then if we play Celtic, you're not good enough, we'll, we'll just sit back, that kind of thing. So, I, I mean, I have no problem if that's the way they want to play. It's up to Celtic to go and break them down. Uh, that's the distinction I would make between... Yes. In the Can Aberdeen situation and the Levy situation because I've seen David Martindale to Aberdeen I think it was um, uh, I can't remember it was there somewhere somebody, uh, Brian Roberts saying Aberdeen for Martindale listen he's done a really good job at Levy um, so I wouldn't rule it out that they'd be on a shortlist but uh, yeah I think when you're looking at you, you're saying about style of play and different things statistically they've got the third best defence in the division right for just goals conceded so third best defence in in, defence in the division but statistically, they concede chances at a fairly high rate because they've got the third worst expected goals against and the third worst expected goals per shot against. So that, bo- that bodes really well for Celtic because that means, despite the fact they're not actually conceding, whether it's the keeper playing well, whether it's the defence performing above themselves, whether it's the system, they do still, or even strikers misfiring, they do still give up good chances. And if Celtic get good chances, especially at Parkhead, you know where I stand on it, they should be scoring a few. Course. And Celtic are going for a hat trick of league wins against them. 3 0 uh, at Allen Vale on the season and 2 1 most recently. So there's no reason to no reason to suggest that Celtic can't complete the treble of Premiership wins no. over Livingston Sean uh, tonight. And I'm fairly confident that they they can and they will do that. But again, it will be a difficult game. No, I think I, I agree with you. I mean, Lovey, there's no, we've just said, there's, there's going to be no surprise about the way they're going to play, but they went five at the bat against Celtic twice this season. Recently, they've been kind of playing 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1, because they've been on a good run of form, right? They've, um, they're unbeaten six, one three, drawn three, and I, which I actually think is a really impressive statistic. Celtic, who've done it twice, Celtic and Hibs are the only two teams to beat Lovey in competitive games since the end of October. That's a good run. Yeah, now, there's been plenty you know. of draws in there as well, but it's a good run. Um, they've won three in a row away from Almondvale as well, Tony. But and this is where I always come back to: if a mm. team's going to Parkhead, they, they need to be in good defensive form. And as much as I'm saying statistically, they've, they've conceded the third fewest goals in the league, and all I've just says about they've given up good chances. They've only kept one clean sheet away from home since August the seventh. Is Parkhead really going to be the time that they break that run again? I, my my money's on no. No, I, I firmly with you on that, and on that, shall we do predictions, Sean? Do predictions if you want. I, I mean, uh, I'll let you go first this time, but I'll leave this in your head, right? They've never won at Parkhead, as far as I, I can see, Livy, <laughs> right? But they've got two draws in their last four visits. Okay. Okay. The other games, the other two of those games, have finished two one to Celtic. And six 0 to Celtic, which has just left me all confused and as to what I'm actually picking here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go a hard fought for nothing. There you go. Two 0 uh, Okay, four 0 I'll um, I'll go three 0 I'll go with Alan Woods and, and Andrew. Yeah. Uh, he's saying three 0 up at half time, but I, I'll I'll go uh, I'll go with these guys three 0 Okay. 
Joe, I've got to say, Joel Newbley's yeah. expected to return tonight for, for Livy. He's not what you would call a goal scorer, but he is a, he is a presence. He is a threat. Yeah. They had a wee tussle um, earlier in the season, but it'll be interesting to see what effect he has on them because they've been on a good run without him as well. So Yeah, so, yeah indeed, I think that'll be a, a, a very good tussle if, uh, if, if Joel Newbley comes back into the side. Yeah, just wanted to flick this comment up and say thank you to David. Thanks for that. Don't know if you heard me on off the ball on Saturday, guys, but it was great. Enjoyed yep. it. It was fun. Uh, so thank you for that. As for the best guest I've ever had, I, I wouldn't go that far, but uh, that's that's a compliment of the highest order. So thanks a lot, David. Appreciate that. Uh, so thank you. But yeah, Sean, I think uh, you went three now. I've gone four. Yep. Most people tipping a Celtic win. Hopefully preserve their nine point lead at the top of the Scottish Premiership table. That's what it's all about. Or extend it, Tony. Or extend, or extend it. it, yes. You never know what will happen at Tynecastle. You never know. Correct. Yeah. That is Tynecastle, isn't it? I yeah, Tynecastle. Just to Tynecastle to play Hearts. Yep. Indeed. We'll see, we'll see how it happens. But it'll all pan out in fullness of time in a, in a few hours' time. Uh, so all I can say is enjoy your night. Result dependent, of course. Hopefully it's another wonderful Wednesday. Sean, thanks for the contribution. First class as always. Always enjoy it. And I'll just direct you to our new deal running along the ticker tape at the bottom. Subscribe to the Celtic Way website and it'll cost you £2 for two months of access to everything that's written on the web. And you can help us continue to produce top quality Celtic content covering a club like no other by the click of a button. You know what I'm going to say, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. That's www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And we also say thank you to our sponsors, Seneca, the Celtic Way Morning Briefing, now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group. And Seneca, the number one hair transplant company in Europe, and they offer innovative hair restoration treatments. And you can find out more about Seneca by the links in the description of this video. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your comments. We'll see who's right in the predicted 11s. The bragging rights always. Someone said Aiden's got it. Neil, bang on. We'll soon find out, Sean. We'll see, yeah, we shall see. But yeah, uh, thanks for the comments, guys. Couldn't do it without you. We enjoy it every day. Built up a wee wonderful community on the Celtic Way Morning Briefing Live, anyway. We always enjoy it. Take care. We'll see you all again tomorrow to dissect the Livingston game, Sean. Yep. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, guys. <laughs>